Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live.
children of God, we greet each of you once again in the mighty, glorious name of Jesus Christ, our soon-coming King. We thank God for another beautiful day that he has made, the privilege to be able to wake up, worship him in spirit and in truth. God has blessed us one more time, and we have gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, to bless him 
one more time. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic, conflict within. The conflict within. Every one of us as human beings has various conflicts within, unsaved, saved, sanctified, unsanctified, born again, unborn again. Everybody has conflicts, different things going on. It's a conflict, you know, want to do right or should it do wrong, conflict. You know, it's conflict, conflict. Well, uh, we're praying that through this series, God is opening eyes to help us to understand better some of the reasons for the conflicts that that go on within us as human beings within within some of you all that are unsaved within those of us who are saved we looked at capital a and our outline enemies ephesians 6 and 12 romans 7 and 18 capital b deception of the crowds got to be careful with crowds john 7 and 12 Acts 13.45 brings us down to capital C in our outline, self-deception. Self-deception. Now, this can be a major cause of conflict within, and a lot of times uh, individuals try to use this to try and deal with conflicts within. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 1 and 8, a very familiar scripture. A very powerful scripture. First John chapter one, verse eight. Plain and simple from the New International Version, John writes, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Once again, first John chapter one, verse eight from the New International Version. If we this is talking to saints, saints saved, sanctified. Holy Ghost feel if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Capital C in our outline, self-deception. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray again. We thank you. We bless you. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise for allowing us to see another day. Allowing us the privilege to be able to worship you once again in spirit and in truth. We pray, Father, you bless us with your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. That we may go higher in you and grow higher in you. Forgive us, Father, of our sins. We don't want to claim that we don't have any sins and deceive ourselves like you have said in your word. But help us, Father, to confess those sins one to another. That we may pray for each other and receive your healing. We trust, Father, that you are going to do these things for us in accordance with your word, in accordance with your good, pleasing, and perfect will. All of these blessings and all others we ask and count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Let God's people say amen. Self-deception. Self-deception. It's amazing how... As human beings, we have the ability to deceive our own selves. We're not talking about some outside. We're not talking about a false prophet. We're not talking about a false teacher. 
We're not talking about a flim-flam man or a used car salesman. We are talking about self-deception. Now, as we look at the book of 1 John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John were written by John, the apostle John, Jesus' beloved disciple, who also wrote the fourth gospel, book of John. All four of these books may have been written around the same time, somewhere around A.D. 90. The first letter of John was written to warn Christians about dangerous false teachers who were trying to mislead them. Now, these teachers were teaching that the man Jesus was not the Christ, the Son of God. They said that God did not become a man. John tells the Christians he is writing because it is very important for them to know and believe that Jesus Christ is both God and man. Jesus Christ was both God and man. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, child of God. Now, you, you, you got to hear this with spiritual ears because if you don't, if you don't understand who you are, then the adversary can slip something in on you. You too, child of God, are both God and man. Oh, everybody not ready for that. Some of y'all out there, you ready to go ask your bishop. You ready to go back. You too. Listen, we too, as children of God, are God and man. We have the spirit of God living and abiding inside of us. The same spirit of God that Jesus had. The same spirit of God that God has. The difference between us and Jesus is that Jesus was perfect God and man. We are not. We are God and man, but we are not perfect. Jesus always obeyed the spirit of God. We do not. Jesus came in the likeness. His man look was the likeness of sinful flesh. Our man look is sinful flesh. Our woman look is sinful flesh. But we too are God and man. This is why one of the main things that Jesus said when he introduced himself to the Apostle Paul on Damascus Road was Saul Saul, why do you persecute me? The body of Christ is the Christ of the body. You and I, children of God, are members of Christ's body. And just like Christ was God and man, you and I are God and man. We're just not perfect. All right, let's move on. First John chapter 1, verses 5 on down, deal with light and darkness, sin and forgiveness. John opens up and says that this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Now, now this, is, this is very important what 
what John writes here. The very this this what what verse is this? Verse five. Listen to what. Let me listen at it again. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Now I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. It's important for you to hear a message from God in order to declare a message from God to God's people. If I walk up to you and, and whisper in your ear, uh, go tell Brother Johnson to come here. Well, that's not difficult for you to, to do. You know, you just have to make the choice as to whether or not you're going to do it. Because you've heard the message from me, and now it's just a matter of you relaying that message to Brother Johnson. You heard the message? You relayed the message. Well, that's, the beauty, that's one of the beautiful things about being a preacher and being a, a teacher of God's word. You got to hear from God in order to relay the message to God's people, unless you're going to talk some nonsense, unless you're going to relay a message that God has not given you. Now, that's dangerous because that'll get you in trouble. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? That's one of the things I love about preaching and teaching God's word. It forces me to have to sit down somewhere Shut up and hear from God at some point. John says, this is the message we have heard from him. See, John said, look, there's no way that I can relay a message from him if I don't get a message from him. In track, there is no way in a relay race that you can pass a baton that you have not received. So we as children of God, God wants us to hear from him. We write back to faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing, hearing, hearing. You're not going to hear too much of what God going to say. Now, you might not obey enough of what God has said, but there's no way you're going to hear. You and I going to hear too much of what God has to say. Now, we might not hear enough of what God has to say, and that's the problem, or we might not want to want to uh, keep hearing what God has to say, but it's no way you, gonna, you and I are going to hear too much of what God has to say. God wants you and I to hear him. Why? Because God knows that it's only by hearing him that you can develop faith. And then God knows that if you don't have any faith, you can't please him. So the more hearing of him we can do, the more faith we can operate in, and the more faith we operate in, the more we please God. And the more we please God, the more God blesses us. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. It all starts with hearing. It all, God be saying, hear, hear, hear. Even in the Old Testament, before many of the prophets would speak to the nation of Israel, they would say, hear, O Israel. You've got to hear. You don't want to hear, then you really don't want to be blessed by God. If you don't want to hear God, what you're really saying is, you really, what you, let me tell you what you're saying when you don't want to hear God. Number one, you really don't want to be blessed by God. That's what you're saying. Now, you can, you can fix it up in your mind any, any way, because we're talking about self-deception. If you don't want to hear God, what you're really saying to God is you don't want to be blessed by God. And number two, what you really don't realize you're saying is, Lord, I want you to beat my hind part. And that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying without you even opening your mouth. Lord, I don't want to be blessed by you. Number two, Lord, beat my hind part. Please. John said we got to hear a message from him. And this is the message we heard from him. John said, look, this is not something we got out of a, 
got out of some textbook. This is not something that we got from one of the Pharisees. This is not something that, that, that one of the rabbis. This is the message we have heard from him, and we declare unto you. Apostle means one who is sent. Well, one who is sent with what? One who is sent with a word from God. One who is sent with a message from God. Sometimes some of you all I done sound my voice, I just be shaking my head. Especially I come to you and tell you, look, man, the Lord done said. And then tell you what the Lord say, and you still don't try to get right with that. Then when God blasts you, 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 you wonder what, what? And I'd be like, didn't I, I told, didn't I tell you the Lord said? If you don't do so and so, that this was going to happen? Didn't I, I, I thought I, I had to ask the Lord one time in, in front of a friend. I said, Lord, didn't I tell him that you said? Lord said, you said it. Then I say, now, now you can get out of it now. Didn't I do what I said I was going to do? I'm like, yeah, okay, God, God said, you can get out of it. You can get out of it now. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Now, this same message John spoke thousands of years ago, he declared to the people of his generation, I'm declaring unto you today in the name of Jesus. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. John said, look, we heard something from God that we need to share with you all. Before you start thinking something different, God is light, and in him there's no darkness. Light, righteous, pure, holy, darkness, sin, wickedness, evil. God is all of that and none of that. Sometimes, you know, people, sometimes, you, can, you know, maybe you're looking good, you know, got a new suit, and you put it on, and you're looking good or something. Someone tell you, oh, you ain't all of that. Well, I might not be. You might not be, but God is all of that, all light, all righteousness, all holiness, all purity. He is perfection. We have a saying, God is good, and then people come back and say, what, all the time? Or something? I don't know. I don't know how you are. Well, one of, I remember one of my aunts said to me, she, she worshiped here with us some years ago, minister, and she said, look, she said, God ain't just good. She said, God is perfect. I said, I know you're right about that. God is beyond good. God is perfect. You and I can be good. You know, we do some good things. You might be a good mama, good daddy, might be a good pastor, might be a good son, good daughter. But God is perfect. Now, if we claim to have fellowship with him. Now, notice the key and the optimal word is what? Claim. In other words, we're telling folk we say, we're telling folk we, we sanctify, we're telling folk we're born again, if we claim. Now, nothing, watch this now, nothing is wrong with a claim if you possess it. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with me saying I got $100 in my pocket if I got $100 in my pocket. Nothing wrong with me saying I, I, I got a new pair of shoes. If I got a new parachute. But the problem comes in if their claim is made and there is no reality. In other words, the claim is made. I tell you I got $100 in my pocket. And you say, well, all right, well, then let me see that $100. Uh, um, uh, you see, see, now there's a problem. Or I don't really have $100. Now there's a problem. Because there's a claim that's being made that's not substantiated. Whatever claims we make, there needs to be proof. 
And listen, children of God, I won't claim no, no apostolic gift until I seen God start start using using this, this earthly body to, as an instrument for some miracles. I won't claim it. I don't care what you're talking about. I was just going by Reverend Brian till God start showing me the proofs that mark. There are proofs that mark an apostle. There are proofs that mark anything. How do we know the difference between a lion and a chicken? There are proofs that mark a lion. There are certain things a lion got that a chicken don't have. They might have some similar things. Lion got claws. Chicken got claws. Right? But then the lion got some other stuff that a chicken don't have. Then the chicken got some stuff that a lion don't have. So claims need to be substantiated. Our claim to have fellowship with him, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, that dispels the claim. Walking in darkness is symbolic of, of, of continuing and carrying on in a lifestyle characterized by evil. Not that we don't, we, not that we don't step in some darkness. Come on, let's, let's be honest. One way or another, we're stepping. But God said don't walk in darkness. Walking and stepping are two different things. Slipping on the ice and falling and going out and strapping on some ice skates and ice skating is two different things. God didn't say we don't step in darkness here. He didn't say stepping in darkness, we don't have fellowship with him. He said if we are what? Walking. Indicating that it's constant and it's continuous. Indicate. When you walking, when you stepping in the mud, what's the first thing you do when you step in some mud and, and, and you really didn't want to step in some mud? You step out of it. You step out of it. Well, that's, that's what God wants us to do when it comes down to sin. Well, we might have stepped in it, but God be saying step out now. But now you done stepped in it and done say, uh, uh, you know, hey, this feels pretty good. Let me take some more steps in it. See, now you're walking in mud. Stepping in mud and walking in mud, two different things. Stepping in darkness and walking in darkness or stepping in sin and walking in sin, two different things. If we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in light, now God, now, now God didn't say if we step in light. Uh-oh. Walk in light. God, listen out there on the sound of my voice. God don't want you just stepping in light. I, I, I'm going I'm to uh, worship God. And then I don't think I'll worship God. I'm going to give. But then I don't think I'm going to give to the church. I'm going to tell the truth. But I don't. Uh -uh. See, now you're playing the hokey pokey. You got, you got Christian, Christian hokey pokey. You put your left foot in. You take your left foot out. You put your right foot in. You put your right foot out, then you shake it out. I don't know how the song goes, but you, well, listen, we ain't trying. One of the things, is, one of the young things, is got done got tickling here. <laughs> we don't want to play the hokey pokey in our Christianity. You know, God don't want just saying the same way God does not want you and I walking in darkness. God does not want you and I stepping in light. Now, we might step into sin or we might step into darkness, but God don't want you stepping in light. God wants us walking in light, walking, 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 constant and continuous. So what do we understand? There's lifestyles 
that God wants constant and continuous in us. There's habits that God wants. See, the problem with many of us is that many of us are walking in bad habits and want to step in good habits. A good friend of mine messing around and like to tow his leg off. Walking in bad habits and want to step in a good one. You say, Apostle, what you mean? It's called weekend warrior syndrome. I used to have to teach about it in health and physical education. I wish I'd have had a chance to talk to him before he jumped out there and did what he did. Weekend warrior syndrome. You know, and I almost almost messed myself up with that. You know, as I got older, I'm sitting around behind a computer and sitting around sedentary. Then all of a sudden, one of my former players that was that was worshiping with us here, we decided we were going. We got into a, a, a discussion. We were going to race. I was telling him I could outrun him in the forty. He was telling me he could outrun me. Now I've been sitting around a computer, ain't been doing no whole lot of uh, racing and running like that. And jumped out there and racing him and was winning. Until I felt my hamstring do something real, a pull, a stretch or something. I had to shut it down. That's the last time that I talked about racing anybody like that right there. Because what if I'd have messed around and, and, and tore my hamstring out there? Now, it would have been different if I'd have been training and I'd have been running every day and and keeping myself in shape for that. But I'm going to just jump up from sitting behind a computer and sitting behind a desk and then just going to jump out there and do that. You get yourself hurt. You get yourself hurt. Weekend warrior syndrome is where you got a lot of times guys or, or athletes that that uh, sedentary or don't do a lot of activity, then all of a sudden they want to force their body in some unaccustomed, strenuous activity and can hurt, they can end up doing more harm than good, can hurt themselves very, very seriously. Because your body is saying, look, I got used to sitting behind a computer, not out here playing uh, vigorous basketball. Or I got myself used to sitting down at a desk nine, ten hours a day for the last five or six years. Not out here trying to race uh, in the 40-yard dash. And this is why we want to try and keep our bodies. If it's something that you're going to want to be doing, be trying to do, be, build yourself up in that. Don't just jump out there all of a sudden. You, you ain't been exercising for the last uh, 20 years, then all of a sudden you get the revelation that at 300 pounds that you need to lose some weight and you're going to jump out there and you're going to work out real, real hard. You can damage yourself. Start out slow. Build yourself up little by little. God want us walking in the light. Same, little bit by little bit. Little bit by little bit. Same way you started walking as in the natural. You didn't just all of a sudden go from crawling around in the floor, jump right up, run a 40-yard dash, or jump right up and start running hurdles, or jump right up and start walk, or running marathons. No, no, no. You take little bitty steps. Little bitty steps. God wants to do the same thing in the spiritual. Same thing in the spiritual. Little bit by little bit, build yourself up. Build yourself up. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. See, this is why this is why a lot of times Christians can't have fellowship. See, everybody don't want to walk in the light. Want to claim that that we Christians. Want to claim that we got fellowship, in, but don't want to walk in the light. 
We've got to walk in the light. Stuff, you know, lies that have been told and that stuff got to be dealt with. Ain't no need to keep trying to hide that. See, now we can't have no fellowship because you want to keep secret what was done 20 years ago. And that done been told. That's out. Let's, let's get in the light. You want to still try to play like it ain't so. It ain't at all. No, I ain't, I ain't. It's so. We can have fellowship. Once the truth is out, we can, we can have fellowship. But if you're still trying to stay in darkness, you know, and somebody else is not ready to come on in light, then now, now we, don't, we can't have fellowship with God or with one another. If we walk in the light, we got to walk in the light. Come on, walk in the truth. Walk in what really happened. Walk in who child that really is. Walk in why you really left that, that, that church. Why, walk in why that, you really divorced that husband. That, walk in what, what happened there with, with that stepfather. That step, walk in the light. Still with the truth. Then we can have fellowship, one, with one another. Watch this. And God got an added bonus. When we come on into the light, God said, I got an added bonus for you. Not only will you all have fellowship with each other, but God said that the blood of Jesus God said, my only son, my only begotten son, will purify you from your sin. God said, I'll clean you up. God said, y'all can have fellowship. Y'all can start. Y'all can start. Have fellowship. And God said, I'll clean you up from that. I'll clean you up from that. Well, if we claim, we're getting ready to close this message, children of God, to be without sin. We ain't never done nothing wrong. We ain't doing nothing wrong with if we claim to be without sin, wait a minute, let me get this straight. You don't never do nothing wrong. You don't have no sin in your life. Hold up, hold up. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go into whether your sin was my sin or your sin was as bad as his sin. Or uh-uh. Do you have sin in your life? And if the Holy Spirit, if that question coming at you right there, right straight and, and straightforward like that right there, and and your innermost being is saying no, either one or two things is going on. Either one, you is an angel or you are you are Christ, or number two, you lying. It's one of the two now. Because I mean, you know, the Lord might be might be you know, in human form somewhere listening to the to this this broadcast. Might be. And when he hear that question, the Lord hear that question, and his answer, I'm asking, Lord, do you have any sin? Lord, like, nope, Robert. See, he ain't got none. But all the rest of us, that's why the Bible say, if we, not if he, not if the Lord claimed he had no sin, the Lord can make that claim. That's why there was a difference between what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer, and which was really the disciples' prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it was really the disciples' prayer because they came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, this then is what you should say. In other words, Jesus said, look, this ain't, what, this ain't how I pray to the Father. This ain't how I talk to God. This is how you should pray. Jesus didn't never have to ask the Father about forgiving him of his trespasses or forgiving him of his sins or forgiving him of his debts. Jesus didn't have any. But Jesus said, this is how y'all need to pray. This is how y'all need to talk to the Father. You take two children. One child is always doing like he's supposed to do for the most part, you know, staying out of trouble, making good grades, 
doing, you know, don't have to be told the same thing over and over again. Good, good son, good son or good daughter. Well, he can talk to the father one way, but you got another little son always in trouble, uh, don't want to do his chores, don't want to do like he's being asked. Well, he had to talk to the father another way. Had to talk to the father another way. That son that that's doing like he's supposed to, all wait for the most part, and doing he can come to, to the father, ask most anything. Father be like, no problem, no problem. But that son is is, is obedient. But that other little joker, you know, you, you you give him some money, he's supposed to go to the movies. He taking he going down to the liquor house, buying liquor for all the boys. You give him the car, he's supposed to go take his girlfriend to the movie. He take the car, drag racing out on that. Now he asks you for something. He, he, see, he got to talk to the father a little different. He got, might have to come to the father to look there. You know, I know I done messed up in the past. I know I done done some crazy stuff. But I, 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 I mean business this time. I mean business. You see, that son that's doing the right thing, he ain't got to come like that. Because he's got, he's got a lifestyle of doing the right thing. Jesus didn't have to come to God talking about, Father, forgive me of my sins. Father, forgive me for lusting. Lord, Father, forgive me because my temple was... Uh-uh. Jesus didn't have to say none of that kind of stuff. Because his relationship with the Father was perfect. May our relationship with the Father get better in the name of Jesus. So, we claim we without sin. We deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves. God said, because you're not deceiving me. You're not deceiving the Holy Spirit. Doesn't even say that, that we're deceiving our neighbors or people that, that know us. And it's, we're deceiving ourselves. Now that's amazing. You know, it's amazing how, you know, <laughs> and what the Lord is bringing to my spirit now. You know, I uh, used to play semi professional basketball, and our team was, was kind of rough. We won a lot of games. I think at one point we had done our record, you know, I kept up with our record for a couple of years, and we was like, you know, about 100 and some, and, and about 8, about 112, and about 8 or 9. I mean, we, you know, we go tournaments, be 8 and 0, 7 and 1, 9 and 0, 9 and 1, and then we, we got, I think we, our tournament was about 112 and about 8, on, with 112 wins, about 8 or 9 losses. But when I started preaching, I was feeling unctioned. I had read where the Bible talked about how a bishop must be gentle and not violent. And we were very violent. <laughs> we were very violent. <laughs> we were, you know, what was they were talking about? The conflict within. And it, and it was a conflict. It was a conflict because we were violent. I know we were violent. And I had a, a co-worker stays down the street that used to follow us to tournaments. He went with us down to, to Florida for a regional tournament. Uh, they took the best teams out of the southeast United States, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, about 12 of us. And the winner of of this particular regional tournament went all-expense-paid trip to, Calif- to uh, Venice Beach, California, to play in the uh, world championship. They would take the southeast regional winner, northeast regional winner. In fact, that year we won the northeast region and we won the southeast region. We was like the best team on the East Coast, according to Stein. But we were violent. I mean, you know, we, we would go, and I mean, it, it, we, was, we was violent. And this particular co-worker of mine followed us down there and watched us. We won the championship. We out there. I mean, we, we weren't that big, but we was just, God say, violent. 
we were violent. We was violent. Well, I, you know, and sometime after that, I had moved away from, I told the guys I wasn't going to be able to play anymore three-on-three. And the guys, you know, they was like, you know, oh, man, B, you know, we would like to, for you to play. I'm like, fellas, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to continue, you know, in doing the ministry. And my, this particular former co-worker of mine came up. He said, B, he said, uh, why is it you're not playing the three-on-three no more? I said, man, I said, the Lord revealed to me that we was violent and that, uh, Bishop or pastor not supposed to be violent. And he looked at me and said, B, he said, uh, the Lord revealed to you, the Lord told you you was violent. I said, yeah, man. I said, the Lord told me he was violent. He said, well, B, he said, I could have told you that. <laughs> and we bust out laughing. You say, Apostle, where you driving at? Sometimes we can be the last to really, really know. I mean, I, I thought we was, like, aggressive. I thought we was, we played hard. He said, bro, he said, he said, he said, B, he said, you say the Lord told you you was, he was looking just as serious. He said, the Lord told you y'all was violent. I said, yeah, man, the Lord told me we was, we was violent. He said, well, B, I could have told you that. <laughs> Damn. So if we claim, so, so again, saints, we have the ability. What are we talking about? Capital C. Self-deception. We can trick ourselves up. How do you think? Sir, you know, you got characters, man, that, that, you know, you got characters kill people, eat people, mass murderers, and folk that be doing. How do you suppose they live with themselves? It's something they done convinced themselves of that that behavior is not that bad. You know, somebody sent me a video on YouTube the other day in some part of Africa where some of the I don't know what group it was. I didn't ever see. But they, was, they had all of these people, and they had them tied up in different things. And they would bring them over, lay them down in front of this great big hole, and just saw their head off. They had a big thing where blood was running down into and then cut their head off and kick them in a the hole. And then they'd go be like, point, and go get the next one. You know, and the next one would come. And that was the thing that got me, because the next one would just come just like he was – Getting ready to go to the next in line at, at, at McDonald's. And he'd come and lay down. And they'd start poking him with the knife, lay him down, and saw his head off. Blood's gushing and squirting. Kick him in the hole. And then they get the next. I'm like, man, I don't believe they get me like that. You might have to get No. No. Shoot me or something. Just going to lay down. I just watched you just cut his head off. And the one in front of him, you cut his head off, and then you come in. You next, you next. No, no, it's going, no, no, maybe. I don't know. But how do people do this kind of stuff and live with themselves? Self-deception. Somehow the, the, the adversary convinces individuals that it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Think about slavery. How do you enslave a whole race of people, beat them and hang them and do all kind of, and feel like that's all right. Self-deception. Self-deception. And without the Holy, even with the Holy Spirit, we see that it's possible. 
Because John is talking to believers here. He says if we claim to be without sin, we can still deceive ourselves. That's why having the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit are two different things. It's not enough for us to have the Holy Spirit. We got to listen to him in order to come out of what? Self-deception. The Lord bless you, children of God. We pray that you've been blessed. We thank each of you out there that are supporting the ministry with your, your gifts and offerings and donations, your prayers and, and, and all other means that, that you uh, are supporting us. We, we thank God for your life. We just thank God for your life. We appreciate you. Um, we trust that God is going to continue lifting you higher, that you might lift the kingdom of God higher. Send us an email. Send us a, a, a message and let us know how how the Lord has blessed you, and uh, we'll, we'll appreciate it. God bless you, saints, and heaven smile on you. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensonchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.rchurch.com, backslash member, backslash t, backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on talk shows, spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes, at 9 even 6 p.m. daily. On talk show, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Chris and Sarah Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.